This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome back in. You are listening in to the December 1st, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe, and why the heck is it already December 1st? I can't believe I'm just now used to writing 2017, let alone getting ready for 2018, for crying out loud. But joining me today on the show is a contributor here at The Wonderful Viz, and you can also find him basically everywhere as of late. He's over at Roto Grinders. He's over at Fantasy Guru Elite. He's over at 2QBs.com. And if you're a podcaster like I am, you're hearing him all over the waves, over the interwebs, as they say. So welcome back to the show, my man Josh, ADHD. You can find him on the tweets at Fantasy ADHD. It is great to have you back. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. On the Mailbag Show, man, what's good? Oh, man. Uh, that was a mouthful, dude. You got through that like a champ. That's awesome. <laughs> You're like the micro machines, man. Oh, they, oh, see, that's oh, thank you for bringing up the micro machine, man. That that's that's how you know if you're a kid of the '80s, right there. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's I I use that as a as a meter on people that I think are about my age and and whether they really are my age or not. So it's good, man. We're, we're brethren. We understand each other. <laughs> well, that, that's things are, things are super busy right now. You know, we're winding down in regular season, but it's like. Um, I was talking the other night with, with Pat Corain and Sean Siegel about best ball being right around the corner. I mean, we're like maybe eight, ten weeks away from from being right on top of best ball all over again. So I've got a lot of app work ahead of me in that regard, trying to get, you know, the um, the best ball. I guess I don't have a good name for it right now. I need to I need to rebrand it. But the, my best ball app, I need to get that back online and, and make sure it's it's ready to rock for best ball 2018. Otherwise, it's, um, you know, fleshing out the Air Yards app on my site, fleshing out the Matchups app on my site, and, and just really trying to enjoy some football while I can. I mean, if you're taking requests for your branding effort there for the Best Ball app, I think it's the Best Ball Boomstick. You've got a little bit of alliteration in there. And, I mean, you can do wonderful things from a branding perspective with Boomstick, I must say. Yes, you can. That, that is 
Absolutely right. <laughs> well, we're going to be bringing the boomstick here today, answering all the questions for the week regarding dynasty trades, player outlooks, redraft takes, start sits, DFS hits. Before we dive right in, though, Josh, in case anyone listening is living under a rock, over at fantasyadhd.com, you update the matchups for the week, adjusting for home and away teams and trends, especially with the fantasy playoffs right around the corner here, kind of as you've alluded to already. Talk a little bit about that, uh, about that process and why everyone should start their weekly research process here well it's um to me it's a it's really just a data point i don't expect anyone to use it as an end-all be-all for their research but what i like about adjusting the matchups is you know typically we just look at raw fantasy points that defenses allow at certain positions and it's okay there's nothing wrong with that but to some degree it can be a little bit i'd say disingenuous because you know every team plays a different schedule and every schedule is not built the same so what I do is I take all of the fantasy point data and you can customize it on the site, however you want the scoring to look. And I adjust it for strength of schedule. And I use that or I do that using what's called a simple rating system. And that's detailed a bit on the side and some of the, uh, and some of the instructional portion of the, of the, of the app, what the simple rating system is, how it's developed, how I use it. And so I use a simple rating system to create what are called adjusted matchups at each position and what I use those for is to basically give me an idea of in an agnostic situation versus league average, how good is an offense and how good is a defense at each particular position. And if I can do that, then that gives me an idea of maybe some way to steer away from bias of how I perceive a defense to be or how I perceive an offense to be and gives me a, a little bit clearer look about what the situation really could be and give me some a better idea of what what games I should look at going forward this week and what games I maybe should exclude from from my shortlist. Yeah, and that's so important now as we go into week 13 here because we've seen a lot of football and let's let's be real with ourselves when you watch football on the weekends and you're potentially looking at shortcuts on Mondays and Tuesdays it, it is very easy to grow some biases when you have a little bit of a larger sample of some of that uh, you know that that tape whatever you want to call it that you're watching and you're seeing so the data's there to keep us honest there so with that in mind which offense are you trying to target this week which ones are you avoiding as there aren't really a bunch of uh, outlier type games from an odds and totals perspective this week so it really seems like we've kind of got a whole bunch of stuff muddled right up there in the middle yeah it's um it really is that way this is kind of a strange week and you hit the nail on the head there's there's no dead obvious choices in my opinion and so that's going to have us sifting through a little bit of the of the wreckage to see you know maybe if there's some hidden some hidden gems in that wreckage so uh, to me, obvious offenses to target this week are New England, New Orleans, Philadelphia. And I don't think anybody's going to say, oh, wow, you've really uncovered something magical here. <laughs> I mean, they're, it's pretty obvious. These teams are, are playing at a high level on both sides of the ball, and they should be in positive game scripts. So obviously, we're going to look at their players like we have almost every week. Now, from a not-so-obvious perspective, matchups that we see that, are bear, that could bear a lot of fruit, uh, I'm looking at Tennessee. I'm looking at Chicago looking at Denver, I'm looking at Green Bay, and I'm looking at Tampa Bay. So Green Bay and Tampa Bay, not maybe so, um, I would say, hidden, I would because Green Bay, we know that they can put up some points, even with Brett Hundley playing quarterback and, and struggling somewhat. And, you know, everybody points at Tampa Bay and says, well, that's a terrible defense. Of course I could play Green Bay players. And likewise, you know, Tampa has Jameis Winston coming back this week, and they point to Green Bay as a, as a pass defense that you can really attack with the right quarterback. 
And so they're going to say, yeah, maybe that one's not so obvious. But really, so that kind of leaves us with Tennessee, Chicago, Denver is three offenses I think I think we can target and benefit from this weekend quite a bit. Yeah, and within some of those offenses there, can you give us a couple names this week that people are maybe a little bit reluctant to trot out there, but they probably should anyway? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one at each position. And for me, quarterback, I'm looking at Trevor Simeon versus or at Miami. Now, one issue that I'm still I'm still kind of working through is how is he going to play in an early kick on the East Coast uh, after a long flight? I, I think he'll be okay, but it's something I'm going to think about, consider if I'm going to stream him this week. At running back, I really like um, Marshawn Lynch against the Giants, and I like him because of the the projected game script that he should that he should encounter. And, and Anthony Amico put a really nice tweet out today. Um, that showed Marshawn Lynch's value in games with positive game script where they were, where Oakland was favored, let's say by a touchdown or more. And in those games, Marshawn was getting roughly 20 carries. So if you think that Marshawn Lynch is going to get 20 carries this week, I do, then he's certainly worth the play. And probably, uh, especially in DFS uh, at his lowered price. I mean, that's a guy that you can get it, let's say in the fours on your, on your daily, on your daily leagues. And it can give you a lot of value back for that. At wide receiver, I'm looking at A.J. Green versus Pittsburgh, and the reason I like him quite a bit is that wide receiver ones have gotten over against Pittsburgh the last few weeks, and the adjusted matchup numbers show that a little bit. And, you know, the the thought about Pittsburgh is that they have a really stout defense, and I think they do to some degree, but I don't think they'll necessarily be that stout against A.J. Green. I think he can, he can really go off against them probably to the tune of like, you know, 140 and a touchdown which I think would be fantastic, a really good value there. And then on the flip side of that game, at, t- at tight end, I like Jesse James versus Cincinnati quite a bit. Cincinnati's relatively weak against tight end, and Jesse James is a perfect streamer type, a guy that you can pay almost minimum value for on your DFS sites. He's probably sitting on your waiver wires as a tight end that Pittsburgh uses quite a bit in the red zone when they get down there. I'm pretty sure they'll be in the red zone against Cincinnati a few times. I think this game could be relatively high-scoring, uh, even though these these AFC North games are typically low scoring this late in the year, I think this one could get out of hand a little bit. And uh, I, to me, that points to Jesse James as, as a real beneficiary uh, on the scoring end. Yeah, like those calls as well. I'm definitely going to be eyeing this my son this week. It's funny, I've got a dynasty, and I, I paid a second rounder for him. Like, I knew it was gross. I knew it was just, I, it already left a bad taste in my mouth, like, the minute. And I'm the one who offered it up. Like, that is so not like me to go out and get uh, Marshawn Lynch. Or wait, he was he was, he was was on the waiver wire, and I spent a second round pick on him. That's how it went. And it was just like a completely wasted pick, right? It was just stupid. But uh, I, I started him week one where I needed him. Of course, he didn't do anything, and he's just been rotting away like the filth he's been all year on my bench, and, and this is the time. This is the time to shine this week. And even like you mentioned uh in the fours on DraftKings, you can look at somebody who's like a perfectly GPB play in Jordan Howard in that type of game script. But it's still, you know, how, how do you take Jordan Howard when you're, you're taking the same profile of a back for, you know, 1.5 cheaper in Marshawn Lynch? So, you know, that's definitely something I'm going to be eyeing as well. And all of this type of content, everything that you're listening to Josh talk about, whether you're looking for the cash plays or the GPB plays, 
or using all of these wonderful apps on the site that Josh is the mastermind uh, behind and really helping to dev some of this stuff up, head on over to rotaviz.com, hit forward uh, backslash podcast, and you're going to get a 30% discount uh, to a premium NFL sub. And I get it. You're thinking, you know what? It is the end of the year. Why am I going to sub now? Because this is for a calendar year, baby. If you sign up now, we're going to honor it all the way through the offseason into where we're really digging heavy into some of the dynasty and the college stuff. Uh, So really check out that. We're still going to be here podcasting for you through the playoffs as well. So again, head over to the site, uh, click on rotaviz.com slash podcast, and you're going to get that 30% discount for you as well. Also, if you're still listening to this show and you haven't rated us on iTunes, do us a solid. Get on over there and hit that rate button. Support the pod. It takes hard work putting the show up every week, so go ahead and do us that solid. And lastly, if you have any QQs you want answered on the mailbag, hit us up via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get those answered for you as well. All right, Josh, you know the drill. Let's get it done. All right, Dynasty, what should I do with Dion Lewis? I am competing, but it's not like he's an integral part to my season here. Sure, uh, I either use him at RB2 or flex, but would you move him if you can get a second rounder for him? What say you? Yeah, this is interesting because it's, um, I think it's a fair trade to get a second for him. And a lot of it's, I think it depends on how you assess yourself as a, as a dynasty drafter. Like, are you good at using second round picks on guys that end up, you know, producing for your team, let's say that year or the year that you draft them. And and if you have a good track record of that, I don't see any reason not to trade him. Um, I think it is a bit of a sign of throwing in the towel, unless you were just totally deep at running back for some reason. Uh, but I also see a lot of benefit to keeping him through the fantasy playoffs. I mean, if you're making a run, he's the perfect kind of guy to have on your roster because he's getting weekly volume. It's very consistent. And we feel that New England's going to be in a very good game script for the next few weeks. So it's um, I, it's really going to hinge on the decision of what are you going to do? Are you going to try to win or are you going to play for next year? And either way, I think it's a fair deal. Yeah, I'm with you there 100%. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. I mean, and if you're a contender and you're still willing to trade him, you know, by all means, go ahead and do so. He's gonna, he is gonna be a free agent after this year. This is one of those situations where it's hard to see Deion Lewis going elsewhere for, for a contract. I, I think, you know, he's the type of guy that's gonna stick around for a hometown discount and some snaps there in a Belichick offense. You know, <laughs> I've got nothing to go on when I say that though, Josh, right? But it just seems like that could potentially be the case. But I mean, yeah, if you think, you know, his value is going to go down if they don't re-sign him and he ends up somewhere else. He's not going to get the rock in the best offense of the NFL. Then sure, go ahead and take that second-round pick. That's fine as well. Uh, DFS, do I keep riding the Robbie Anderson train on DraftKings this week, or do I take the savings with Jermaine Curse? Are either cash viable? I think uh, Jermaine Curse is definitely cash viable. Robbie Anderson, I have no problem playing him in cash. He's, he's seen pretty good pass volume. Obviously, last week he exploded for, you know, well over a century and two touchdowns. I mean, he was dynamic last week, dynamite. Um, and I was really sad I didn't roster him because I thought long and hard about it. He was a boomstick, right? Uh, for about uh. three straight days. Yeah, I, I didn't bring my boomstick last week. I, I brought my broom. <laughs> so I brought my broom and sweep myself out of the way. So I I think either one's playable in cash this week. I, I would side with Jermaine Curse for floor. His, his volume has been really good over the past few weeks. He's averaging just over six targets a game. And he's catching somewhere in the neighborhood of four, four and a half a game. So, I, I, you know, you really can't argue with that at his price and cash. 
Yeah, I'm with you there 100%. Take the savings on cash. I mean, it, it, there's no wrong answer. It's not like you're wrong in continuing to play Robbie Anderson out there. But, I mean, from a cash game perspective, the profile that he, he is, you know, getting a lot of this production on these big plays, you know, he's now in a price range where you're going to see other wide receivers that are simply just more consistent. Well, I can't say more consistent because Robbie Anderson has been the definition of consistent week in and week out. five straight games now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's consistency, and, right? And and he's it's not like he's you, you see another touchdown coming his way. So it's like, he, but he's the perfect fit for that you know the air raid offense that they run. He's mm-hmm. perfect for it. And and you know he's he's just I'm I'm shocked by his ascension. And at the same time, I'm not because they finally got they got a smart guy in there to run a good offense for that team, and it's working. So I it's, it's kind of hard to deny it at this point. I mean, yeah. guys are guys are going to be rostering Alvin Kamara this week, the highest priced running back on DK, oh, gosh. And, his, and his fourteen touches. <laughs> and you know that you, you could get arbitrage Alvin Kamara this week in Robbie Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I I don't think I'll have Robbie and and, and, and it's like you got to get exposure to him in some way. Uh, but you know you've got DeAndre Hopkins still, you've got Brandy Cooks, Mike Evans is you know, and, and then you've got a great few you know handful of wide receivers down in the four K range there as well for some savings. So I don't think I'll have them in cash. But to answer the question, yes, both of these guys are indeed cash viable here. Uh, the next one here, Josh, is for redraft. Jared Cook is an asshole. Can I use Ricky Seals-Jones over him this week? Cook is in a great spot, but isn't he always? So you had mentioned Jesse James earlier as kind of a, a gutter buster here. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is another guy who's kind of been, wait a minute, where did this guy come from? His snaps have been uh, gradually increasing here. Not too many snaps yet, but he is uh, targeted on a high percentage of those snaps he's getting when he does at least see the snaps. But, I mean, Oh gosh, there's just there's no way you can use him over Cook though, right? You know, it's it's going to be really hard. Cook isn't. I mean, he isn't the perfect situation <laughs> with two starting receivers out and a very very weak, let's say weak tight end defense coming up against him. I need to go pull up my number again to see just how weak it is. And they are, golly, they're like the it's like the sixth matchup in my list of, of tight ends is like, he's number six. Oh gosh. I mean, really, you kind of got a plan, but we said the same thing last week that, that he was dynamite last week and he lost his two starting receivers and they didn't throw him the stinking ball. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, is, is, is he the asshole or is it, or is it Derek Carr? That's the asshole. Yeah. Or is it the officials that took the touchdown away from him last week? Are they the assholes? So, or, or is it me for putting him in my lineup? I mean, we're surrounded by assholes. <laughs> and you know what? If anybody's going to screw it up, when Amari Cooper is down for the count, when Michael Crabtree is down for the count, Jared Cook can screw this up. He's the only one that can figure out how to blow this opportunity, right? But alas, no I will have him in cash. Rest in peace. I'll be thinking. I'll probably have him in cash too. It's it's too hard not to. I really like Ricky Seals Jones, though. I think uh, yeah. and, and this is some this is some Aggie level on my part. I watched that kid play played ball in college for a few years and where he underwhelmed totally underwhelmed in college. And, you know, he gets to the pros, they turn him into a tight end and, and figure out how to throw touchdowns to him. It's, it's amazing sometimes how guys transform themselves once they get into a different program. So I, I think Seals Jones is probably a look, worth a look in cash. If you're just going to go bottom barrel at tight end and you're just trying to ride a little bit of, of, of touchdown wave. I mean, I think it's possible he gets in the end zone this weekend 
And you're hoping that he doesn't on, say, like, you know, four or five targets. But I think it's possible. It's going to be hard for him to hurt you at that price range. I I think it's the SJs, right? Like, RSJ is the new ASJ, right? ASJ, all his bad luck. RSJ is coming by and just swooping ASJ's touchdowns is what's really going on here. Uh, Which reminds me, Josh, what's your biggest 2017 tilt thus far? Uh, Well, it was last week when I I had this dynamite two tight end cash lineup that I tinkered with at the last second and bailed out. So I I, I was going to start Rob Gronkowski and and Delaney Walker, which would have been about 45 points, roughly 40 points, roughly on DraftKings. And I bailed out and went to Travis Kelsey and Jared Cook. Ended up with a total of four points. So that's that's been my biggest tilt so far this year is is making that dumbass decision to to make that change at the last second at eleven fifty eight you know two minutes to kick off it's it's so, sadness. <laughs> so the the funny thing is I had uh, many lineups built that same way with Kelsey with Cook and of course it didn't have Julio in there as well because you know we just all of a sudden were blessed with all this wide receiver value later on in the week when all this confirmation came about and uh, even even though I had these great value running backs in there that just did wonderfully for my rosters uh, I had other wide receivers that didn't get it done because of course I had to pay up for Kelsey and not Gronk because I'm very good at what I do apparently so moving on from there i think last week was also my biggest 2017 tilt all right redraft ppr start three out of funches jameson crowder i hope you started him um i believe he has a, a touch no ryan grant got the one i haven't uh, seen it yeah geez there you go there's there's that ryan grant uh troll touchdown there samaji p ryan uh was another one on this question tyreek hill and Devonte adams so two of these we can pretty much scratch hopefully he uh gets something out of crowder let's let's do this let's assume he started one of crowder or uh p ryan here and let's just say start two from funchess tyreek hill and Devonte adams <coughs> excuse me yes yeah, so i out of this, I'm definitely starting Devontae Adams. He's been really, really good this year, and it hasn't mattered who his quarterback has been. And I, I, I threw a post up on Twitter earlier this week showing his splits between Brett Hundley and Aaron Rodgers and how things really haven't changed for Devontae Adams. And I think that speaks to his ability as a receiver and his role in the offense. So I, to me, I'm starting him. Tampa Bay's a pretty weak pass defense, so I think he's going to end up being relatively chalky anyway but if he's on your if he's on your redraft team i think you just plug him in and go um the other guy i'm going to look at is, is devin funches and particularly if mark if um if Lattimore doesn't go this week if Lattimore's out i'm really really going to lean on funches otherwise i probably will think about tyree kill um i like tyree quite a bit i don't think the jets are going to be able to cover him they, they may shade um morris claiborne over his way this week but i don't think there's any way claiborne can stay with him the only question will be, can Alex Smith find him? So in that sense, I know that Cam Newton has been finding Funches. I'm probably going to lean that way. Yep, with you there, 100%. Devonta Adams, hit that lock button and get it done. All right, Dynasty, I'm thinking about putting up Mike Evans on the block. I know he's a building block, but is he? Obviously, I, I know he is, but 
We now have almost two seasons under our belts where the gap between the wide receiver ones and wide receivers twos is is smaller. I remember you talking about this in the early offseason comparing the league to the NBA. Uh, that's that's factually correct. I coined it space invaders, if you will, and how the offense has, has changed in dynamics now. Uh, back to the question. The quarterback that he performs best with has shoulder ailments. Uh, he is injury, air quotes there, uh, or he is back this week. So maybe I can get a guy like Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs plus more draft capital. So this is interesting, right? It basically goes against anything we've ever been taught for the last two to three years, rightfully so, and that you don't, you know, this is your, your poker piece right here. You know, this is your your stallion in the back there. You don't trade away Mike Evans, but, you know, there's a case to be made here, and with, you know, a lot of just, uh, you know, dispersal, if you will, of, of the wide receiver wealth going around here. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I... I'm really hard pressed to trade Mike Evans. I mean, he's he's such a centerpiece in the offense. Even mm-hmm. even when James Winston hasn't been healthy, they've targeted him so heavily, and I don't see any reason why that will deviate unless you know, for some reason Evans is injured. I mean, who's going to take his volume? They don't have a player there to do that. the The issue I have with with Thielen and Diggs is that I think they will cannibalize each other, and we've seen that a little bit in the past. Um, if, if for any reason their pass offense is not as prolific as it has been, one of those guys will suffer greatly, if not both of them to some degree, to the point where you're going to wonder, <laughs> excuse me, you're going to wonder why you even traded for him to begin with. So I, I kind of lean toward sticking with Evans here. Yeah, this is a good question. I'm going to be faced with this this, this year. And the, it, why I have a bias toward it is because I have basically just a, a trophy roster dynasty league in one in particular. But, you know, it had Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams, but then Allen Robinson. And then they, basically they, it's just been injured, right? And and so I, I've lacked the depth. And this is something that I've toyed with with both Mike Evans and A.J. A. Green. And if, if I can take one of those top-tier wide receivers, turn into a couple of those second tier wide receivers can I do that but to your point about these specific wide receivers I agree I I love Thielen right I love Diggs right but we really don't know how it's going to play out next year Uh, you got to think Teddy's going to take over the roster uh, again I'd, I'd assume so I don't know any better and when that's the case who's going to be his dude we we know Keenum's dude is but you know quarterback shift could change everything so interesting dynamic I, i'm with you i say hold on to evans uh that that's where i'm at right now but um talk to me again in the off season all right josh what is your favorite fantasy football memory it's probably you know i, I kind of make a new memory every year when i go out to vegas for my auction league draft and so I, I wouldn't say it's like I have one. I, I have like 16 because I, I, or 15. We've been out there a bunch of years. We go out there every Labor Day for our auction draft, all 12 of us. And it's just like a like a three day party for us. And it's a bunch of guys that I've known forever. And we make new memories every time. It's fantastic. And we always, you know, when we get together every year and it's really pretty much the only time we see each other. It's like we never missed each other either. Everything just falls right back into in the place where it was, you know, when we left each other the last year, it's fantastic. So, um, we do have a lot of good memories together. We, we reminisce a lot. It's a lot of fun. So it's, um, it's not a specific memory. It's just kind of a a collection, I guess you could say. 
See that that's awesome. You know, they, the the league that I was involved in for many a years, my buddy and I were both quite literally booted from the league uh <laughs> being because we were too good. And that doesn't make any sense. Like you you know I'm I'm not too good. I mean, we're all the same in this and in, in here, but you know, when somebody finds out you, you know, you you write for fantasy football sites and you know, they they tend to not want you in their home league. I don't know. And they they literally gave us the boot, which is kind of frustrating there. So basically, I just need to find new friends josh is what i'm saying i so, say those don't sound like friends at all guys that kick you out of the league i mean if so, anything they should just whip your ass and, and then give you grief about it the rest of your life i i know i know oh friends forever so much for that one uh dfs is brett hunley going to be the chalk this week there are a few names at the bottom i don't mind looking at but i'm not sure if uh his week 12 is more an outlier than anything else i think brett hunley is an interesting play this week but i think the chalk is going to be mccown what say you uh I, mccown is really interesting i have him penciled into my cash lineup right now but it's very possible that i move away from that towards something else gino I think he's, <laughs> Yeah, well, believe me, as soon as I heard that, that they benched Eli, I thought, man, i got to start Geno Smith this week because he's my boy. <laughs> and I, that's a guy I can tilt with really good. I'm, like I mentioned earlier, Trevor Simeon. I think Trevor Simeon's certainly worth worth a look if you in, in, in that streaming mode for, for dailies. And if you really want to get down and dirty, just flat-out nasty, you might look at Mitchell Trubisky against San Francisco. Ooh. I've got him in SFB. And I'm thinking about using him over Dalton this week. I haven't brought myself to actually do it. The matchup that's, tells me to do it. That's right? scary. I don't know. I, I I think I would play Dalton. Oh gosh, I want to do it so bad though, Josh. Like, Wait, just, who's your other quarterback? Uh, Brady. Good. It's it's oh, Brady. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's my second, and and it's like it's a shitty quarterback, shitty matchup. It doesn't matter. I'm still starting him because I'm going to take him over the the skill position player nine times out of ten there Absolutely. anyway. But uh, I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm not going to lie there. I mean, all of a sudden Jimmy G on the other side connects with with Marcus Goodwin on a deep one here. We might have ourselves a ball game here. Trubisky, yep. you know, he's got about 35 uh, attempts a game for the past four now. So. Uh, uh, it, it's not looking pretty, but he is getting the volume now, so I don't know. Yeah, we, we just have to hope that they're uh, in a competitive game where they're not you know, throwing the ball a mirror eight yeah. times or something like that, totally. which is possible. That, that's, that, that's the thing that scares me about Trubisky is if they just totally bail on the volume and run the ball. Which they could do because John Fox is uh, nothing short of the uh, opposite of awesomeness here. Um, he is a wet blanket. <laughs> <laughs> this is this much is true. Uh, redraft. Do I start Kenyon Drake over Kareem Hunt this week? So I'll I'll put an asterisk to this one for you here, Josh. Um, I haven't looked at the status of Damian Williams here. If Wamians uh, is Wamians, if Damian Williams does not go, I don't know. I, ooh, what what would you do? Yeah, this, this is a tough decision, and I've I've kind of resigned myself to not playing Kareem Hunt until that offense shows some signs of life. And, you know, everybody got burned by him last week so bad that it, it, from a contrarian perspective, it makes some sense to just go all in on Kareem Hunt this week. He has another good matchup. I looked at it just a minute ago just to kind of get a peek at it. He's in another good matchup this week, and it's kind of hard to, to walk away from that knowing what they're capable of. But that offense has been just thoroughly putrid the last four weeks that I personally have a hard time putting him in knowing that they could go out and lay another egg and he gets nine carries. 
And it's just, it's, I have a difficult time doing that. So if, if I know, or if I'm comfortable with Damian Williams being out, I think Kenyon Drake's the right play. Yeah. I'm with you there as well, especially on DFS when you're getting the salary savings. And then even if redraft, right? Like to your point about starting Hunt because it's a contrarian move, it, it is. Uh, but, but you know, I, I'm if I'm going to take the contrarian side, it's because somebody else is doing a different play because it makes more sense. And this one's just flying a little bit under the radar. I mean, but all the volume points to Drake. The matchup uh, isn't quite with Drake here. It's definitely with Hunt there. Um, but we, we haven't seen the volume with Hunt there so yeah gross Kenyon drake it is fuck mary kill with that one the chiefs edition andy reed alex smith or the daunted cover two. Oh man <laughs> you this is a doozy bro this is a real doozy i i think god this is tough all right i'm gonna start with kill we're gonna kill cover two we're just going to get rid of cover two. We're going to kill it. I'm going to marry Alex Smith because he's a nice boy. He cleans up well. And my mom's not going to object if I bring him home. So that means I'm going to have to fuck Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's got that walrus mustache going on. So it might be kind of weird. Might feel like a tickle a little bit in the wrong spots. But sometimes that's just what you have to do in order to marry Alex Smith. Oh, that's... Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking yeah. for love with the Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you marry Alex Smith, I mean, you don't have to worry about him outdoing you, right? Well, maybe you did. Because right. you did kill the cover, too. I did kill cover, too. Well, maybe that, that might be the best thing that ever happened to him, right? I, yeah. I'm his savior. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the good new, uh, the good thing, Josh, about one of my favorite new apps out there is that you do not have to start Alex Smith. You do not have to depend on Andy Reid, and you do not have to depend on Kareem Hunt this week. But what you can do is scroll down a couple pages a little bit more off of their preset rankings there and get a little bit contrarian uh, by not using the top one, two, or third ranked running back or wide receiver that you see. And that's draft. So head on over there because it's basically just like like what you're doing with your buddies, with your coworkers, with your friends, with some of the home leagues. You get the draft every single time you fire up the app, which is my favorite thing uh, about the actual app right there. So literally go on there right now. You're going to see new drafts firing off every 30 seconds, every 60 seconds. It's a beautiful thing. Whether you're a high roller or you're not a high roller, right? You can do a head-to-head for a dollar. One buck, you can do a head-to-head for $500 if you want. And I mean, what one of the awesome things I saw, I got an email, Josh, uh, a few days ago or maybe two days ago that said um, good news you can enter a contest and win the exact amount of money LeBron James was just fined head on over to the contest right now it was a $9 contest and it it was a draft and I can't remember if this one was multi-week or not but that's just some of the cool innovative stuff that they happening that they got happening over at draft Uh, it that's the best part about it. You can play for cold cash, straight cash, as they say, homie. And again, no salary cap. You don't have to worry about injuries on a weekly basis. So just get over there and try it 
it out. And if you happen to use our uh, promo code here, because you know we're going to drop a promo code on you, right? Uh, head on over there to playdraft.com or pull up uh, in the App Store, the Draft app, and use, again, the promo card, code RV Radio, and you're going to get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Um, man, Josh, I've been having a lot of fun over there. The, the joke of the show is because my most fun I get is on the Draft app when I'm in the bathroom hiding from children. I don't know if you have comparable stories, but, you know, that's that's the sadness of my reality. You know, you the good thing about the Draft app is you can recapture a lot of your glory in five minutes. <laughs> quite quite literally. And you can lessen some of the tilt from not putting Julio Jones in your cash games, right? You just get on over to Draft, and it's just like you just wallow in your, in your sadness and sorrow. Like, just, oh, I didn't start Julio. But there's this awesome NBA slate coming up right now, and I'm going to put a little action here on Draft. So again, get over there. RV Radio is the promo code to use. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports there's no better time to join my bookie than today go to my bookie to open an account and start winning use promo code champion when you register for your account and get a 100 percent sign up bonus up to one thousand dollars on your first deposit bet today visit my bookie's website or call 844-866-2387 that's 844-866-2387 check them out today and use promo code champion for a 100 percent bonus Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Josh, we are moving on here. We're going into redraft. Which wide receiver is Patrick Peterson going to be covering this week? I want to use Cooper Cup over Golden Tate in a bad matchup and Emmanuel Sanders not being Trevor Simeon's guy, but I'm not so sure it's safe. What say you on this one? I don't know if I would go as far as saying Manny Sanders isn't Simeon's guy per se. I think he's in a pretty sweet spot here. It looks like he's healthy again, but uh, would you use either him or Golden Tate over Cooper Cup this week? I would I would have no problem using Manny Sanders this week. In fact, I've I've kind of got him penciled in as the cash lineup guy at his price. He's super cheap. So in redraft, I don't have any issue with that. Uh, I don't think Peterson will be on Cup, but to me, it doesn't make much sense for them to put him on Cup when they could probably contain Cup between Tyron Matthew and a linebacker. I think that's probably how they'll opt to handle that. So yeah, Cup's okay. I think Cup's probably got a, a pretty decent floor. But if I'm looking for ceiling, I'm going to look at Manny Sanders. And and really, Golden Tate, I don't have too much issue with Golden Tate. I mean, Baltimore is a tough defense. But I think between Marvin Jones and Golden Tate, I don't know if Baltimore is really going to be able to effectively cover both of those guys and, and blanket them the whole game. I think both of them will have their shots and, and get get over just a little bit. So to me, a cup is a, is a distant third on this list. Yep, I am with you there as well. Next one, rest of season. Not like Cleveland has been a stomping ground for fantasy production, but what impact will Josh Gordon have on the offense just when Corey Coleman gets all these targets? Are those going away now? Is it unrealistic to think Gordon can get 50 snaps this week? So since this question was submitted, of course we have more coach speak coming out of Cleveland because it's not like we didn't have any coach speak last week, Josh, with Duke Johnson needing to be on the field as much as possible. Well, this 
week, of course, it's Josh Gordon. Are you kidding me? Of course he's the starter or something to that tune. So uh, I don't know, man. I'm kind of excited here. What a, what a, cool me down, call me down, because uh, I'm, I'm about to fire off Kaiser and a GPP all over the friggin' place here. Yeah, I think Kaiser in tournament's probably okay, and I, and I really don't have any problem with the very small ownership of Gordon in tournaments, but I wouldn't start him in my cash lineups, that's for sure. Yeah. And if I, <laughs> excuse me, if I happen to have him on a dynasty roster, I'm not starting him there either. I just, they say they're going to play him as much as they can. I think that's probably on the order of maybe 15 snaps or so. I just, it's hard to believe that that he's going to come back after his long, long absence and play meaningful snaps. Now, that's not to say he can't score. That's not to say that he can't produce. I mean, we saw Ricky Seals-Jones produce over the last two weeks on relatively limited snaps, and we're talking like 15 to 20 snaps a game, and he's scoring a touchdown. So Josh Gordon can certainly do that this week. I think they will probably scheme for him to do something like that. So as attorney play, I think it's great. As cash play, uh, I'll let somebody else do that. Yeah, no, you will not see Josh Gordon in my cash, 100% no, but – Man, if we can just figure out how to get this offense, you know, like I, I, I am still. Everybody is loving, hating on Cleveland right now, and how they passed up the quarterback and blah blah blah. Get me Cleveland pieces on my dynasty team. Corey Coleman is a monster. Duke Johnson, they have to figure out how to begin to start using him um, a little bit more frequently. And uh, Josh Gordon is back in town, so. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the Cleveland offense here. All right, Dynasty are all of the Jackson wide receivers, uh, Jackson, Jacksonville wide receiver sells. Seems like it's just going to be a little bit too crowded next year. What do you think about that? No way. I'm not selling any of those guys. Marquise Lee's really good. Allen Robinson, we know what he can do when he's healthy and, and in a functional offense. Um, I, to me, I think Allen Hearns is probably going to be the odd man out. So if I could sell him right now and maybe get a third for him, I would do that. I think he'll end up getting squeezed out by D.D. Westbrook. So I don't know if it's necessarily a crowded situation. I think it actually may simplify itself over the offseason. <clears throat> Excuse me, Hearns does have a big contract anchored to him right now. That's not to say that Jacksonville couldn't cut him or ask him to take a reduction and, and try to make it more, more cap-friendly for the team. So to me, I know I'm, not, I'm not selling any of those guys right now. For, I, I only see the passing offense is able to go upward and not downward or sideways. So if it can only go upward, I'm not going to sell that right now. Yeah, I'm with you on the offense as a whole. Um, my only hesitancy is with A-Rob. I have him on a couple teams. Of course, he's just sitting there because that's what people on my teams do this this season is sit there. Um they're resting. They're just resting. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just, they just put it on ice right now, right? Yes, yes. They're, yeah, they're being preserved in, what is it, liquid nitrogen or something like that. <laughs> but, but now, I mean, Marcus Lee, uh, Didi Westbrook, uh, Alan Hearns, to your point, that's the odd dude out right there. But, I mean, they actually have talent to – you know, pull target volume away from A-Rob, who was really, you know, he was a beast, right? But he was also uh, a recipient on, you know, some negative game script, some some fourth quarter stuff, some some high touchdown percentage stuff, and just, just high target market share that I don't think ever gets back there. I just, I don't know, now that Didi's coming out and Marcus is gone, can, can I get the volume or, you know, the draft capital or the return on that investment? I don't think I can because I think A Rob is kind of soured on the industry a little bit just because 
he hasn't been playing inherently right there. So I, I think, I don't know, I'm long-winded saying I think you've got A-Rob. You don't have a choice but to hang on to him, and hopefully it works out for the best, and he still comes out as a bona fide wide receiver one there. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Josh, uh, best decade for movies, best decade for music, best decade for fashion. Oh, man. I think it... This is this is you. I mean, it's our wheelhouse, right? It's the eighties. Yes, <laughs> I think it has to be the eighties. Now, are we saying one decade for all three of these, or are we saying either 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 decade? way, either way. Yeah, I think definitely for movies, I think it's the I think it's the eighties. Yeah, and for music, I think it's if it's not the sixties, I think it's the eighties as well. Just because it's it was kind of like a mini renaissance, I think, in, in the United States and really worldwide musically. You know, coming out of the disco era and just washing purging the filth of the disco era off of ourselves and all the, you know, what, what new wave brought us and what prog rock brought us in that era. It's just, there's so much good music that came out of the eighties. And I, I hate to say it's because I'm nostalgic and a child of that era, but this music I still go back and listen to and think, man, this is really good. It's just, it's well-written and it's well-recorded and it's just, it's, it's creative and wonderful and vibrant. And it's something that I would love to listen to today if it were brand new. Fashion, you know, obviously the 80s is kind of garbage for fashion, but so was the 70s. And it, really, I, I don't know. I, you know, if I were going to say there was a decade, the, the best decade for fashion, it was probably like the 40s and the 50s. Oh. So either one of those. And probably the 50s because, you know, people dressed well. Everyone was very professional looking. You know, you wore a suit when you went out in public. Every, and even, you know, going to a menial job, yeah, I mean, you dressed very well. You were very clean cut and shaven and everyone looked presentable it's um i think that was probably our most professional and polished era for dress yeah you you went back to the 40s or 50s with the drop there i didn't even like i was clearly not thinking outside of the box on this one because i didn't even think about going back that far the roaring 20s right like i mean oh man if there was ever fashion sense that was it right there yeah i mean it was definitely 80s like just pull up a playlist from 1984 for crying out loud no matter what genre of music you're listening to like that's when literally everything came out that we're still jamming in our cars to this day on a on a friday saturday it doesn't matter and in fashion i'll probably go 90s just because everything was upbeat everything was colorful and and the kids these days josh right like what they think they're they're kind of starting new fashion trends all they're doing is recycling what we already did in the 80s and 90s anyway you know like i'm starting to see the tight roll jeans again i mean come on guys that's not original there's nothing new under the sun is there yeah right right um all right oh so this next one here josh uh dfs uh are any of cordero patterson dj foster or josh reynolds viable this week how would you rank them um <clears throat> excuse me you know my initial thought was that it's it's reynolds patterson foster and i thought foster would be a distant third but then the more i thought about it it's like okay well what kind of game script is arizona going to have we think you're going to be behind and if that's the case, does Foster kind of turn into new Andre Ellington and see seven or eight targets and turn that into six catches and 80 yards or whatever? I, that's, that's totally useful. And Josh Reynolds, we saw what Josh Reynolds can do last week. I mean, he's, he's a good receiver. He was a good receiver at Texas A&M, a real red zone beast. And we just kind of got a taste of that last week on limited volume. So if we think Josh Reynolds is going to play and Robert Woods is out, I think Josh Reynolds is a great play this week. I would totally use him. And then Cordero – um, I, Cordell probably falls into third place for me here based on the game script that I'm conceiving 
for Arizona. And the reason I, I don't like Cordero so much is just because I think that I don't think he's the best player. I don't think he has the best hands. And even though he's in this situation where volume should be shoved his way, I'm not so certain that it won't go to Seth Roberts instead or Johnny uh, Holton or God knows who they put in at wide receiver this week in Oakland. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, everybody's talking about that, you know, potential you know, boombastic day from Sammy Watkins with that drop touchdown. But Josh Reynolds uh, dropped another one as well. And now he didn't drop it per se because it was a, def- a deflection off off the secondary. Um, but Josh Reynolds almost came down with two touchdowns in that game as well for 3K on DraftKings. You know, that's nothing to sneeze at as well. So I'm with you there. I, I think Josh Reynolds is a nice play this week. I'll still take him over Foster, uh, but I think there's a solid case for Foster to be made here. Quarterall Patterson. I mean, recency bias would say maybe he's the play on volume, but to your point, I don't know if it stays that way. Unless, you know, maybe they've been concocting more plays designed for CP there. Um, but, I mean, I'm not going to bank on that. So, yeah, give me give me, give me, me Reynolds and Foster than Patterson there for me. Uh, the next one, Josh, we have uh, a few either or here, so we'll go lightning round. Here we go. All of these will say redraft. So Jamal Williams or Joe Mixon? I'm going to assume that Aaron Jones plays, so I'll say Joe Mixon here. Very good. Golden Tate or Delaney Walker? I think I like Delaney Walker more between the two. Likewise. Jordan Howard or Jarek McKinnon? Jarek McKinnon. Likewise. Um, He's pretty sneaky this week, too, by the way. I I don't think he's going to be as sneaky as you think he is by the end of the week. Really? He's going to end up being kind of chalky. Oh, gosh. But I think Jordan Howard will be, too. All right, back to the drawing board. <laughs> Stefan Diggs or Orleans Darkwa? Darkwa. I think I side on Stefan Diggs here. Yep, with you there as well. Um, you know, I want to say it's not even close, but Orleans can get pretty involved in the offense, and Stefan, eh, he hasn't been as involved. So I, I get why this one's here. Yeah, I think Diggs is, to me, Diggs is a very contrarian play. I mean, people are, I, I expect that people will chase Thielen's volume and Thielen's productivity, but I mean, Diggs is just as capable. We've seen him blow up. And I, to me, these guys are interchangeable pieces in their offense. So all it takes is for Diggs to be in a slot a few plays and benefit from that, maybe take one to the house. And, you know, we're talking about him next week as the chalk play instead of Thielen. Uh, Darkwa is a guy, I mean, I think the Giants are going to have to be somewhat competitive in that game. I'm not saying they can't, but I don't know if that's going to be the case with Geno Smith, you know, chucking the rock around. So if I think that Darkwa is going to get 20 carries, then, yeah, maybe I look at him over, over Diggs, but I'm probably going to side with Diggs anyway. Yep, with you there. This last one here, I feel like it's a troll question just designed for me because I had this dude in cash over Julio Jones like a donkey with fish sticks. Uh, T.Y. Hilton or Evan Ingram? Yeah, I know. I, I, I cashed T.Y. Hilton last week. It was bad. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, it was, it was so stupid. I know. It wasn't, it wasn't dumb. It wasn't I know. Dumb. It wasn't stupid. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. You're on the bad side of variance. Come on. All right, so, <laughs> God, I'm trying to find Indianapolis on here. Where's my Indianapolis? Who the heck are they playing? I know it's not a good matchup. Um, I think I, I – oh, yeah, they're Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram. 
Gino yeah. needs somewhere to chuck that ball up, you know, fire fire in the hair, all that well, going wild. We're probably going to find out that he's a Rhett Ellison man and not an Evan Ingram man. And, you know, <laughs> it'll be Rhett Ellison getting eight targets and, and not, you know, Evan Ingram, but we'll see. Travis Rudolph I, week. It's Travis Rudolph week. Here we it go. It could be Travis Rudolph week. Oh, we have a new Rudolph the Red Zone reindeer in our midst. <laughs> all right, Josh. Uh, moving on here, the worst job you ever had. Oh, man. Um it was probably the summer. Jo- I had I had this job two summers, and I worked on. I worked for the highway department. I was on an asphalt paving crew, and we would be outdoors sixteen hours a day, paving highway with asphalt. So, and, and I was on the back of what was called a laydown machine. The laydown machine is where they dump the hot asphalt out of an eighteen wheeler, and kind of lay it flat and lay a sheet of this stuff on the road. And so if you can imagine being, being on top of a 450-degree tar pit for 16 hours a day, smelling hot oil and burning in the sun, then you can imagine my, my life for two straight summers. That quite literally sounds like the worst job in the world. And when I see those guys, I mean, I feel like I just want to reach over, you know, shake their hands, something, right? Because, I mean... that type of work is just not like I'm not cut out for that. Like I did landscaping for a summer, right? Just regular landscaping, you know, you know, some of the projects in there, moving bricks and building some stuff here and there. But I mean, that was the worst time of my life. Like I just, I no man, I am an office jockey through and through. I apologize to anybody who wants me to be a little bit more handy because it's just not in my veins. And if you can go out there for 16 hours and and do asphalt, I mean, you are a much better man than I. That much is true. The the money was good and I needed it, so I was willing to do it. There you go. it, It fortified me as a man and made me a better person today. (laughs) <laughs> Money quite literally makes the world go round. It, it, it does. All right, redraft PPR, Josh. So much for Duke Johnson being on the field as much as possible. Uh, everybody's happy with Cleveland lately. I have to start one of these backs as my RB2 after I stab myself with the rusty screwdriver. Duke Johnson, Adrian Peterson, or DeMarco Murray? Ugh. I start – I would start Duke Johnson. And that's simply because I, I think I trust his volume more. Yeah. You know, Peterson, we're relying on game script to be in his favor. And DeMarco Murray looks like zombie DeMarco Murray out there at, you know, two two yards a clip lately. And it's, um, I, yeah, I mean, they may give him 20 touches, but they just haven't been very fruitful. You're hoping for touchdowns out of him. So I think that with Cleveland's situation, and Kaiser has been doing a pretty good job of getting him the ball. And we think that they'll probably need to keep up with, with the Chargers. I think passing back is a good a good place to go against Los Angeles. So I, I like Duke Johnson here. So Marco Murray reminds me of an old George Carlin skit where he's talking about us being just stupid humans, stupid human behavior, right? And he's talking about how, you know, we eat ice cream. We eat ice cream a little bit too fast, right? And then you get that ice cream brain freeze, right? Or you get that coldness right in your neck there, and you're done. You're like, oh, ah, gosh, ooh, what am I going to do with this? Oh, gosh. And then it gets done. It goes away. And then what, what do we do? And this is what Carlin says. Eat more ice cream. What are we, fucking stupid? Right? (laughs) 
And so that's the Carlin bit. And so to relate that to Tennessee here, we're just going to keep pounding DeMarco Murray into his offensive line here, two yards a clip, because we're just freaking stupid, and we get ice cream headache every single Sunday, and we're going to do it again, despite uh, the – I can't even remember his name at this point. Derrick Henry, there we go, at at his efficiency lately. But, we're, you know, we we are an exotic smash mouth at two yards a clip, so let's just keep doing it. So do you think Ben and Jerry's needs to come out with like an exotic smash mouth ice cream with DeMarco Murray on the, on the cover? Wait, if, with DeMarco Carlin. Were an, if DeMarco Murray were an ice cream flavor, what would he be? I think he would be Neapolitan. How about you? He's got to be pistachio. Hey, he, bright green. I like that. That's good. That's good. All right, Josh. Movie within a movie time. Take movie one's cast of characters, pick them up, and move them into a completely different movie's plot. What is the new movie, and how does it play out? Gosh, this is tough. You know, you kind of you kind of threw this one at me earlier today, and I've been racking my brain. I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this, and this is weird, too, because I'm usually relatively quick to come up with something like this. And I'll... All I really want to do is like take take this really rigid cast of characters like um, like Goodfellas. I want to take all the people out of Goodfellas and I want to put them in the Big Lebowski <laughs> and see how they react in these situations because they're it's just these totally asinine, stupid situations. And the, you take these you know these hardcore gangsters and you put them in here and you know okay yeah gangsters they'll get you a toe by three o'clock right? I mean Bunny Lebowski she's not a problem they'll cut her whole foot off if they need to to get what get done what needs to be done. So I, maybe the movie ends in like 15 minutes instead of an hour 45. So let's, so let's, let's work with this one. So who from the Goodfellas is the dude? Cause somebody has got to be the dude. I think it's Joe Pesci. Yep. I, I think Can it has to be him. the carpet I mean, scene with Joe Pesci. That would yeah, be otherworldly. That would be otherworldly. I like that. It's fantastic. And you know, Ray Liotta, he's kind of the straight guy, right. And in, in the movie. So maybe he's Steve Buscemi's character. You know, maybe he just sits in the background and going, you know, it's, um, I'm the walrus. I'm the walrus. <laughs> now, now, now here's a, here's a thought, right? Take the characters from the big Lebowski and put them in Goodfellas. I thought about that too. And I was like, this, this might be even better. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I, I think the, the good thing about this question is you do the juxtaposition and you say, okay, well, let's move into this movie. No, no, no. Let's just do a whole, let's just do a whole changeover and see how this works out. The characters from The Big Lebowski as Goodfellas, I think, would be way, way better theater than the other way around. Now that you bring it up, because it's um, <laughs> you try to think about it, like, okay, so who's going to play Ray Liotta's character? It's, I, I guess, it's the dude, right? It has to be the dude. It's still the dude. It's definitely still. It has the to dude. be the dude, right? So, okay, well, who plays who plays Bob De Niro's character? That's got to be Walter Sobchak, right? Yep, because they're both unhinged. And then, and then it's Pesci the, is uh, Goodman. Well, I think it's or is that Bushimi's character, Donnie? So does Donnie become Joe Pesci's character? Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked about. It. I've already got it backwards. And I, I can't think of the, the the female lead in Goodfellas. I mean, it was maybe it was, I guess it was Ray Liotta's wife, even though she's not in that many scenes. But I guess you could say, okay, well maybe that's Bunny Lebowski. The, the, and then you got then you got Old Man Lebowski. Like, okay, so who uh-huh. does he play? And then we have Brandt, my favorite character in the whole movie, who's Brandt, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who just, I mean, he's in it for five minutes, but he's <laughs> as in it, everything he's in. He's just absolutely brilliant and steals the scene. And I, I can't picture where he would be right now, but I'm sure we can find a spot in Goodfellas for him. 
Yeah, we're, we're going to have to get a brainstorming together on this one. But I say it every single week. I mean, we are literally made, we're, we're just leaving money on the floor because we are quite literally making new movies here that Hollywood uh, really needs to pick up and just run with. So uh, maybe we'll just do a B-rated version of our own, little indie style. <laughs> you know, we're probably not but about three or four years away from this actually happening in Hollywood and them, and them you know, kind of panning it to us as a, you know, this is a rebrand. Yeah. This is a remake. <laughs> There the you reimagination go. of Goodfellas with with comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on here. We've got redraft. I have to start. Oh gosh, Alex Smith or Derek Carr? He says, "Kill me now." Which which does he roll with here? I would start at Derek Carr. I don't have any issue starting Derek Carr this week. There's nothing scary about the Giants' defense. I mean, they're they're dragging him twenty five hundred miles across the country, and getting them on home turf i i think that's the easy play here yep rolling with Derek carr and him throwing the ball to johnny holton and cordero patterson and seth roberts is better than using alex smith right now versus i, a cover I heard two. they might uh, dig up fred blitnikoff this weekend too oh yeah 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 it's Derek carr definitely Oh, boy. All right. DFS, best GPP play between uh, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and LaShawn McCoy. I think it's McCoy, and I think that's because of the pass volume that he gets. Gordon gets some pass volume, but that's that's emaciated some over the last few weeks with the emergence of Austin Eckler. And Fournette, I think it's kind of the same thing. We're, <clears throat> excuse me, we're depending on Fournette to have some pass volume. He hasn't really gotten all that much. I, to me, it's McCoy going away. With you there as well. All right, if you can go anywhere, past, present, or future, where would you go? Hmm, that's a good question. I would probably go back, and I think this is kind of a really common thing. I would go back to my freshman year in high school to see me and talk to me and and maybe try to convince myself to do a few things differently than I than I might have done. Um, I think that's what I would do. Yeah, that was my junior year for me. Like there was a fork in the road my junior year, right? Where eh, it's, you know, I'm happy with where I am. Don't get me wrong, right? I feel super duper blessed, right? But uh, yeah, there was a fork in the road where I made some, you know, let's just say I made some bad decisions there. Where uh, yeah, things can be going a lot differently for myself if I, uh, you know, maybe didn't go to this party or uh, you know, do this other little thing on the side there. Or uh, uh, I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Yep. All right. DFS. Uh, and by the way, it's not all too common. I think you were the first one that's ever said going back to freshman year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Did, I, I did think people have said. Did junior high or what? No, people have said, you know, yeah, I want to go back because, you know, I, you know, the sports almanac thing or oh, put, yeah, in, yeah. put in shares for Bitcoin, which just I can't. Oh, my gosh. Just punch me. You know, hit me with the spike bat, whatever. Like, especially when Bitcoin was coming out, right? I don't have any, right? Because I'm just an idiot like that. But it was like, oh, I wonder what this is. Cool. Like, bookmark this, bookmark that, bookmark this. This looks good. I'm going to have to come back to it like five years later. Um, See, I, I don't know. I, I, I would make an argument that going back for financial reasons is the wrong way to do it. Like, yeah. don't go back to make yourself rich because rich people aren't happy all the time. Well right? said. Because the guy that the guy that perpetrated all the the craziness out in Las Vegas a couple months back, he was very well off. He had all the money he needed, and he still went off the deep end for some reason or other. So, I, I, 
I think going back for money is the wrong for the wrong thing to do. Like if you can go anywhere, go anywhere to make to make yourself happy, to make someone else's life better, to enrich enrich the people around you. Not literally speaking, enrich them with money, but you know maybe enrich their lives and and maybe change somebody's path for the better if you can. This That's is just me. why. This is my after school moment right here. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is thirty for thirty, Rotovis style, right here. <laughs> this is why you listen to the mailbag because you get anything and everything under the sun. Right there, you just got straight life advice. I just got straight life advice from the one and only Josh ADHD here on the mailbag. Here, uh, that's money in the bank. Uh, that's happiness in the bank, right? Yeah, that's happiness in the bank. Yeah, put. <laughs> <laughs> Or happiness in a jar, right? Yeah, that, that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee, right? There it is. All right. Uh, DFS, Jameis Winston is way too cheap now that he's starting, but can he be trusted to finish the game? It's also not a great uh, tight end matchup, but does he make Cameron Braid a cash play uh, also at 2.9K? So we talked about Jesse James. We talked about the new RSJ. What about uh, Winston here? And then, of course, his, uh, his, his I don't want to say binky, but you know he definitely liked to throw the ball to break where Fitzpatrick just just he may as well not even have suited up yeah I think that's uh I think that's definitely a worthwhile stack I and I don't I don't really mind it in cash at all I think it's a good stack in cash it's very inexpensive it allows you a lot of flexibility on your roster at wide receiver and running back um I think go for it I mean because really otherwise you're looking at maybe if you're going to stack you're looking at we talked about earlier McCown and Jermaine Curse or McCown and Robbie Anderson so it's um I think it's certainly a viable play. I don't mind it. Now, if you're going to take the plunge to 2.9 in cash and you, you forego Jared Cook, you forego Delaney Walker, you forego you know, Kelsey or Gronk at the top, and you say, you know what, I just like the rest of my lineup way too much. I'm just going to put this 2.9K guy in here. You going with RSJ or you going with Brait? I would go with Brait. I think so. I did, and that's just for track record. But I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't begrudge anyone going with Ricky Seals-Jones at all. But I like Bray better. With you there as well. All right, Josh. Last but not least, your bold prediction for this week. Oh man, this is a this is interesting. I think I think the Giants beat Oakland this week. Oh no. That's my bold prediction. I think Geno Smith gets his win this week. I mean, Eli is gonna be eating like thirty gallons of ice cream if that happens. He might be drinking thirty gallons of bleach if that happens. Oh gosh! I mean, it is going to be the it's going to be you know a complete effing Chuck Norris moment. Dodgeball, Ben Stiller, just just going ham on the ham. Right? Eli is. We're gonna get some new. We're gonna get some new Eli photos out there. Like the the drunge hashtag drunge Eli. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, if they, anybody's got a drunge photo, it's Eli, and we're gonna get. Drudge Eli is best Eli. <laughs> All so right. What about you? What, what's your bold prediction? What do you think is crazy is going to happen this week? You know, I've been eyeing the the Green Bay game there, and I've I wanted to say Jordy gets in the into the end zone, but I can't. That's a bold prediction these days. What, how about Jordy Nelson gets four catches? How about that? That's pretty bold these days yeah. too. Maybe he cracks fifty yards. I can't see. That's the problem. I can't. I can't see it. 
Look at this. We're throwing dirt on Jordy Nelson's grave. Shame on us. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> between, between Eli and Jordy here, I just feel ashamed. That's right. Yeah, I, I just keep coming back to that Green Bay-Tampa game, I, and there's nothing bold about it. So I don't know if I'm going to be heavier on that game than everyone else, um, but I just I don't see how that game doesn't shoot the hell out. See, I think I think you're going to be – I think that's the same boat that a lot of people are in because they're looking for – Defenses to target. Both of those defenses are very target worthy by for passing games. I think that game's going to be chalk. I think there's going to be a lot of ownership on those on that game, and as a result, I'm going to be looking to fade it, probably. Oh gosh, see that this is why I am by nature inherently a chalky dude. Like that's the way my mind works. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, because that's <laughs> the way you want to be in cash. You want to stick with the chalk yeah. because that's the chalk usually hits, but. It's um, me inherently. I'm anti chalk guy. I want to have my own ideas, and I just think that's a game worth avoiding for that reason. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I mean, it's it's too easy to say uh, Seattle and Philly are going to go back and forth, right? So the next one up, I would say, is the the Minnesota game. I would look to go on both sides of that ball. Um, so if I've if I've got to give a bold prediction on that one, I would go back to what you already mentioned with Stephon Diggs. I was already on Jarek McKinnon, but as you said, it looks like it's going to be more popular than I anticipated. Oh, look at that! So, but I'd go back to that Minnesota game as well. Yeah, I think that, I think Atlanta Minnesota is a good one to target. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think a lot of people are going there this week. Um, but that's going to do it this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. And again, if you have any questions you want answered on the Mailbag Show, hit us up on email roadofhisradio at gmail dot com or on Twitter at roadofhisradio. Use the hashtag RV Mailbag. Josh, man, many thanks for carving out the time and coming on the show. It is it is ADHD. It's Josh week. I mean, you coming on the flagship show or you went on the flagship show. Now you're on the Mailbag Show, and I think you've done like three other shows this week. I'm sure I'm going to hear you on two more. So, uh, it, I mean, it's it's the it's the Josh Show. I, I think you should get your own show, like uh, the Josh Show with uh, who's who's the dude on uh, the Jim? Who's the who's the dad dad life? Jim Jim something or the other. One of my favorite. Uh, oh gosh, just I'm just ruining the ending of the show here. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to tweet it out. But there's a show I watch. I think it's on FX. A dude named Jim. He's a beard. It's about him being a dad. He's got five kids living in an apartment in New York, and I can't for the life of me remember his last name. I can't. I know the show you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of the show or the guy or any of this stuff. Just, just blow sorry. it all up. Blow this show I, up. Forget everything I suck, else I said. I, I suck at TV. That's my fault. I don't watch TV. So <laughs> you're lucky if, if I can even remember what TV shows are on these days. Yeah. Well, it's it's I, what I was trying to do was say it's all about you. But I, I completely ruined that, too. So It's okay. It's a way to make it about yourself again, Jeremy. That's great. <laughs> Touche. And that's gonna that's gonna be a good time to sign off right there. If you're not already following them, make sure you do so at Fantasy ADHD and don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye.
Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. The news on flavored e-cigs talks a lot about the technology and teen use, but parents need to know more about the dangers of nicotine. So know this. One, nicotine is a toxic poison that can rewire teens' brains. Two, it can increase mood swings. Three, it can limit attention and learning. So even when it tastes like candy, nicotine is brain poison. Go to flavorshookkids.org for more. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.